Hi, welcome to the Drama Free Living Podcast. Dennis Lisa McEntee here. Let's get it started, Lisa. Let's get it started. I'm just gonna quiet quit. You know what? Then just quit. But no, do I'm, it, but but, but do I it still quietly. Get paid. Oh, I'm going to get paid. I'm uh, going to quiet quit. The old quit but stay trick. Pretty much. Yep. Okay. So it kind of, it kind of helped people know like, what the heck are you talking about? Because whatever you do, do not quit. Okay. Okay. So quiet quitting. This has been something, this is kind of a big thing on TikTok right now. Um, and also I've seen articles about it. Um, kudos to our team. TikTok. Okay. Okay. Sorry. I digress. You, you are revealing that you are not of the TikTok generation. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you that right now. Kudos, kudos to our team, um, you know, for bringing this to our attention, this whole concept of quiet quitting. Um, it's so, you know, a lot of people are thinking, oh, quiet quitting. It's just, I'm just doing the bare minimum. I'm just going to do the bare minimum. It's the quit, but stay. I'm going to be there. I'm going to show up, but I'm not actually going to give my full potential. And you know what? That is not what we're talking about. Okay. So, so tell us what is this quiet quitting? Okay, so if you say I'm going to quiet quit because that's what that's what's the right thing to do because everybody's being overworked, so I'm going to quiet quit. So I'm going to just not really give my best. Then you're taking this concept of quiet quitting, which is actually kind of a healthy idea. Mm. You're kind of taking it and almost taking advantage of this wave of quiet quitting. Okay, so quiet quitting really is truly about stopping doing the work that you think is beyond what you were hired to do. And it's beyond what you're being compensated to do. So you've got your job and, you know, there's this extra stuff that's been loaded onto you. Right. Because of really like the quiet or the great resignation, right? Because of COVID and of great resignation, you know, nobody was prepared for, for all of the weight of COVID and all of the things that we had to change and we had to scramble. There was just a lot we had to do just to even be able to function and keep our heads above water and keep functioning. And then also with the great resignation, I mean, you know, with having a lower amount of people in on your workforce and not being able to do all of these tasks that have increased because of what's going on with COVID and the pandemic and everything. And so, you are tasked with all of these extra responsibilities. You have maybe less people on the workforce or other coworkers that have just decided that they're just going to do the bare minimum. And so that's kind of what, that's this whole scenario we've got with quiet quitting is we are doing things and we're not getting paid for them and we're not enjoying them. And we weren't even hired to do them and they're not even in our wheelhouse. And that is just frustrating and it's overwhelming and it causes burnout and we're just burned out. And so everybody's resigning, which is causing it's, it's this perpetuating cycle. Well, and Lisa, I, I think the survey that you just shared with me off air from yes. Gallup, I think is really sort of like, that's kind of like the cause and then quite a fitting yes. kind of becomes like the effect. So kind yes. of share so that Gallup, with everybody. Gallup in March, they did a poll and the poll showed that only 24% of Americans thought that their managers had their best interest at heart. And so what we've got here is we've got companies and we've got individuals, and there is this war going on uh, between com- the, the company as a whole and the individual as a unit. And, and so no longer are we seeing ourselves as part of this, this company working together for good. And that's, that's one of the reasons it's super important for each person to be 
doing something that they love, but also doing it in a company that they can really get behind the vision of the company. So, so if you are, if you're um, back office in with real estate, but, and yeah, sure. Great. Right now it's a good income and there's a lot going on, but you also have a passion to help people um, find just just a really quality place to, to live and to raise their families. We talked about this, um, on our podcast with Trey Ingram, we interviewed him and, um, they, they had just talked about how their company, he talked about how his company, they just truly have a passion and the, the everyone in the company just truly has a passion for helping people find just a really quality place to live, to, to live in community, to raise their families and, and just a solid foundation. And so that's a really good example of just, yes, maybe your back office in real estate, or maybe you're in the service industry and you work at a, at a restaurant or a landscape company or a landscape. Brad Stevenson is another podcast. And and Brad Stevenson, that's another great podcast that, you know, that we interviewed Brad Stevenson and go back and listen to that. So, so good because their people love working for them and they are passionate about making beautiful spaces for, for people to have around their homes and also beautiful spaces in parks and in companies and, and, but it's more than just being, being passionate about the vision of the company, but it's also being passionate about the, the person, right. the person as an individual, the mission and the individual. Now there's all kinds of things that, that employees and managers and CEOs and companies can do kind of to, to work with people on this quiet quitting. But, you know, before we go to that part, let's kind of go over to me. Okay. Me as an individual. Well, yeah. Can can I just like, kind of like just jump in here real quick, because I think you said something that I don't want us to overlook is this whole idea is that when I believe my leader has my best interest in mind, right? That's when this like quiet quitting sort of like stops when I feel like you have your best interest. So it's almost like, let's think about this, right? Part of the leader's secret weapon is showing care, mm-hmm. right? It's like, hey, it, it, th- this is great information as a leader. Cause then my initial question is like, well, how do I show care? Right. Right. And so let, let's kind of jump into the employee, but I just wanted just to kind of yeah. just bring that around because there is something you can do. You just don't want to throw up, oh, it's not well, it's just how it is. No, it's like if you can show care. Right. right. And creative ways to show care, then people are going to bring their creativity, ideas, strategies, going to bring their engagement and all those kind of things. So exactly, exactly. And, and this, the deal is, is I don't care if you're the owner or the CEO or the manager or the employee, if we just drop our responsibilities, if we just stop doing what everyone thinks that we're doing, you know, yeah. um, and what, whether it's your job description or not, if it's just something that you've been doing and you just stop doing it, we're going to have really serious problems as a company. Yeah, we're, we're all going to suffer. We're Everyone's going to suffer and you may lose your job whether you wanted to or not. And so, but exactly, you know, so for the, for the owners, the CEOs, the managers to the company to show they care, there's, it's going to require some communication. And we just, 
we just um, recorded a podcast on feedback and just talking about vulnerability and transparency and humbleness. And that ties in so much. This feedback ties in so much to this quiet quitting. And so how, how do you achieve what you want? Well, how do you have to first know what matters to you? You have to know what you want. So the first thing you've got to know as an individual mm-hmm. that wants to quiet quit because you are completely overloaded with responsibilities that you weren't hired for and you're not being compensated for, you have to understand first what's important to you. Is it important that you stop work at the end of the workday? I mean, is that what's important? Is what's important to you that you don't work on your days off? You don't bring work home. You know, what, what is it? What are your key and every key motivating things that's important to you? And everyone has something different. This is, you cannot cookie cutter this. Well, Lisa goes back to who can tell you what's important to you. Exactly. Only, only you. And you have to get really clear because it's like, if it's not clear to you, You'll never communicate it clearly to anybody else. And maybe a maybe inner office collaboration is the most important thing to you. I mean, it doesn't really matter to you. You don't mind staying late or you don't mind taking work home if there's a great collaboration and, and a positive work environment. There's different things that are just really important. But then the other thing that you have to do is you have to know what makes you fulfilled, what tasks make you feel fulfilled. What are the things that are fascinating and motivating to you? And so when you figure out what's important to you and what's fascinating and motivating to you, then you can go to your higher ups and you can say, listen, I am, I am overwhelmed and I do not want to fall into this quiet quitting. These are my priorities. This is what I need. This is what I need to be fascinated and motivated. And if you are working more than you're getting paid for, you know, just go ahead and sit down and have a conversation. They may not be aware. And sit down and say, you know what? Hey, I'm doing this and I'm being compensated for so much less. Let's have a conversation because, you know, we want to do a win-win. Well, and Lisa, I think the key is, is like not to be passive aggressive about this, Exactly. right? It's like, you know, have the conversation, bring it out into the open, right? Sunlight becomes the best disinfectant. You bring some transparency and some light to this issue so that you can get some action steps moving forward. Because I I don't think individuals want to quiet quit. I don't think, you know, leaders want their teams to quiet quit, but it is something that happens if you don't have conversations about it. Exactly. And that's really our encouragement is don't go passive aggressive on it. Just bring it out into the open. And, you know, that means you don't, you don't just get frustrated one time and just throw up or send a, send an email or throw up as in verbal throw and verbal vomiting, you know, because you're, you walk by your boss and you're, and you just, you just let them have it or an email, you know, you schedule a time and say, listen, I've got some things that are really important that I need to talk about regarding my job. And I'd love some time to sit down and you preface it to them in advance what you want to talk about. Well, and I know Lisa, like for us, like we don't want our team to quiet quit. No. Right. It's like, I would love to have a conversation. Well, and, and actually what we do, and this is one of the things that I might be jumping ahead on you is that, you know, sitting down and, and we talk with our team fairly regularly, you know, we probably do it every couple months, maybe once, maybe more than once a quarter. And we'll sit down with them and we'll be like, we want you to do what fascinates and motivates you. What are the things that you're doing that you really enjoy? 
And what are the things that you're doing that you're not enjoying? And if we can peel those things off of you that you're not enjoying, let's see if we can give them to somebody else. Oh, and even better, if we can give them to somebody else that finds that task fascinating. Exactly. And fascinating and motivating. And we've done that. We've, we've kind of switched, um, you know, assignments or responsibilities around to try to figure out, um, to move things to different people that maybe it fascinates and motivates one person, but not the other. And, and it kind of goes back to, and we've talked about this before on our podcast, and it goes back to within our home when, when Dennis and I, when we were first married, we had kind of talked about, okay, what do you hate to do around the house? And what do I hate to do around the house? And if, if I don't have to clean a toilet, I am perfectly happy you know, or different things, you know, Dennis, he actually doesn't mind doing the laundry. God bless him. He can do the laundry. I enjoy it. He enjoys it. There are different things that he, that I hate, and there's different things that he hates. And so if he just does those things that I dislike, and I do those things that he dislikes, everybody is so much happier. I don't have to do all of the things I love because maybe we both love the same thing, but there's those things that nobody enjoys doing. Those are the things that you kind of have to parse off and peel off. And because truly, if you're doing the things that you really enjoy, you probably are really good at it and you're probably pretty efficient. Well, and Lisa, here's sort of like the big value of this whole idea of like self-motivating is that Lisa, if the task itself is motivating, I never have to encourage you, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, nobody really has to encourage us to do the podcast. We're like, okay, when are we going to do the next podcast? right? It's something that we find fascinating and motivating and enjoyable to do. And so there's not a lot of like, oh gosh, we got to come on, let's get motivated. Let's get pumped. No, it's like the actual task. So almost like, cause, cause I don't want to have to like continue, like walk around motivating people, giving them rah-rahs, attaboys all the time, right? It's like, if the task is motivating, then it's sort of, they become self-motivated and that's sort of like the big value. And then you only that. need to, and then rather than pushing them, you only need to help direct them. And almost like, yeah, it's because, because how many times do we push people instead of just kind of pull them along? If I'm pulling you wrong, it's like, I'm just giving direction, leadership, guidance, but I'm not cajoling and pushing and prodding and, you know, all of those things that kind of create that adult to child conversation that exactly. we despise. Exactly. So, so now with this quiet quitting, me as an employee, I need to share my priorities and I need to have a conversation with my higher up and I need to present the details of fair compensation. But then as an employer, an employer, me as an employer, I also have responsibilities, things like making sure my teams feel supported and, you know, being invested and involved and committed to them. And I know you've got so much good, good insight into how do you as an employer really feed into your team and really, really just make them a team and a true unit working together for a common goal? Yeah, I think a couple of ways to maybe help people feel supported is, is you want to always go after their heart, right? You just don't want to go after their hands, mm-hmm. right? And, and the great thing you about the heart- You don't want to use and abuse them. Right. And the great thing with the heart is like, if I get your heart, your hands automatically come with it. Right. But if I'm just going after like what you do, and it goes back to a survey that we've done with leaders before is like, are you more concerned about what people do or who they become? And if you focus on who people become, almost like be more of a transformational leader than a transactional leader, people will give you everything, but they got to feel like, hey, you know, you also care about me. And it goes back to our GPS conversation, right? People have goals. They have, listen, they have other outcomes other than like your outcomes 
that you know they're concerned about, right? Maybe they have other passions and kind of also investing in them. And that's one thing that we we always work on. It's like we want to know, like with our team, how else can we help you along the way? How can we help you become? And we because because we want to fall in that in that um category of the Gallup poll, 24% of Americans thought their managers had their best interest at heart. We want to be the ones that have those, those 24%. Yeah. And I think another way that people can feel supportive is you don't look at them as things or tools or instruments. It's like they're people, mm-hmm. right? And it's like you manage things, but you lead people. And, you know, Lisa, nobody likes to be managed, right? Like you didn't wake up today going, oh my gosh, I hope somebody manages me today. I'm really looking forward to being managed. Right. And like nobody really wants to be managed. Like everybody wants to be led, which means people are unique. So you lead them uniquely. They have different gifts and different abilities. And, you know, just realize like, hey, they got unique experiences. They got unique ideas. And it's like, I value the, I want to value that uniqueness. Yes. You know, and here's what's fascinating about uniqueness, right? It's like, if we want unique individuals, then we shouldn't get mad when people have other ideas other than ours. Yeah. Right. It's like, hey, you're unique. Every so you're, idea is super valid. Right. And so you want to always think about, hey, they're people. Mm-hmm. They're not just a thing or an instrument or a tool to be used to get a project done. Right. And then, and then I think another thing, Lisa, that leaders could do is uh, let's look to give as much autonomy as possible. Like I get it. There are certain roles and certain responsibilities where it's like, gosh, I really need you in that chair eight to five. Right. I need you answering the phone nine to six. It's just part of it, but almost like let them be creative with how things get done. Right. Don't become that micromanager commanded demand. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to do all your thinking for you. Like allow them that autonomy to think and create inside of their responsibilities. Like one of the best things I love, Lisa, even with a lot of our backstage members on our team is when they come to me and go, Hey, you know what? We do it this way, but here's a better way. I just thought about this. Could we do it this way? Like, I'm like, I love that. And that's really good because, you know, we were talking about how, how an employee, you know, someone that wants to quiet quit, you know, how they need to understand what's important to them. Well, the employer and the company, they actually have to understand, okay, what is really, truly important is, okay, is nine to five really, is that truly Mm -hmm. important? What is, or is it just the way we've always done it? And, you know, what is it that's actually truly important to our company to serve our clients and to serve our community? Well, and especially um, some of the um, organizations we work with that are like very labor intensive. Yes. Right. And we go, hey, we need people like 24 seven. Well, well, some of our clients are, are like they were typically like eight hour shifts. We just do eight hour shifts. It's easier on payroll. It's easier on HR. Well, but some of them are going to like hey, four hour shifts. Right. Hey, can you come in for two hours from 10 p.m. to midnight and you're just going to work a two hour shift? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and sometimes we go, well, gosh, that's just really challenging. Or that's all this paperwork. That's like, listen, we got we got to get creative with with how we get things done instead of going, well, no, it's an eight hour shift. And that's just how it is. You know, you got it. You have to think about it in this way. So we we've done, a, you know, we've done a lot of podcasts on retention. We've done a lot of podcasts on feedback and think about it. It's like is it worth losing that employee to not maybe adjust and figure out, okay, what do, what does your team really need? What do they need to have a healthy work-life balance? Right. What we, do they need to be satisfied, fulfilled, and what's actually going to work in their lives? Right. And if we want a creative team, we also have to be creative. 
It's like we have to lead with creativity. And so we're always looking at, you know, the different boundaries and different constraints and going, hey, even though this is the case, is there a way to still get this done? Right. Because we don't want to serve the process. We want the process to serve us. And I think that's sort of what happens sometimes in very bureaucratic environments is really the, the process you know, is being served, not the people. And that goes back to when we were talking in our retention series, we were talking about different generations of, um, of employees and different generations of team members and how each generation has a different perspective. And so, you know, kind of the, the, the younger generations, they're going to be more loosey goosey. The older ones are going to be more, let's fit it right into the just fit it into the bureaucratic system. And, and this is a way of us just recognizing we all want to do things differently because we're all different people, but let's figure out how can we do this together in community because we all have something to give. And it really is like, I think if we create more of a collaborative environment, yes, right. And where we just have these conversations it, because it, it's a phenomenon that's happening. People are quieting, quiet quitting. But I think if we can have the conversation, it, it, it kind of like, it stops some of that frustration on both ends, right? Frustrations on leaders in and frustration on team members in. And this trend is actually can be a positive revolution within our work environment and within our work culture to, to make it so we are actually more efficient and we're serving our serving each other better within our organization and without our organization. And it's and it's getting us out of a rut and bringing us back into balance. Well, and I think this this challenge is going to force us to be creative, mm-hmm. right? Because because I, I I don't know any leader that goes, man, I'm really glad my team just quiet quits. You know, yeah, they just stopped doing that because we're not paying them for that, and now these things are not happening. Gosh, I'm real excited. That's really great. And our you know, numbers like, are down now. <laughs> right. It's like this challenge is going to force creativity. And I think we got to get creative with, with how we run organizations. And the last thing I think as leaders, and I think this is really important, is, you know, don't let people get to that burnout stage. Yeah. I mean, look out and read the tea leaves, right? You kind of know, as you look at people and you, and you talk to people, you can sense you know, that they're, they're maybe at that burnt out stage. And if you can't sense, then you're obviously, you know, need to get a little bit more community awareness going on, because if you don't know what's going on in your team, then how can you lead them? How can you be aware? You know, sometimes we just, yeah, kind of lead, you're we, leading blind. We're leading blind or we as leaders are quiet quitting and we have completely left our team out and to just, you know, struggle on their own. Boy, that opened up a can of worms yeah, right there. Let's yeah. just okay. keep going here. Well, <laughs> at least this has been a fascinating, great conversation. Do you have any like, like big takeaways from, from the whole idea? Okay. So you as a manager, as a CEO, as a leader, where do you fit into this Gallup poll? Hmm. 24% of Americans thought their managers had their best interests at heart. You know, that would be a really good conversation. That's an open conversation to have with your team members and and just start, maybe start with your, you know, your team leads or your project leads and just kind of have this, begin to have a conversation. We just went through a series of podcasts on feedback. Go through and listen to those. 
They're just really be able to help you know how to open up a conversation. We went, you know, we've gone through a whole series of podcasts on retention and, and what people need and how they're built. And, and so kind of just kind of figure out what, what is going on? Do they really feel like I have their best interest at heart or we as a company have the best interest at heart? Yeah. And, and I think for me, the question for leaders that they should like kind of walk away with is like, okay, what else could I do to help my team feel supported? Mm-hmm. Right. It's because one of the worst things that can happen is that you're supporting your team, but they don't feel supported. And honestly, if they don't feel supported, then that's really the reality. And so what can I do to help them feel supported? And then for, for someone who is working within a company, regardless of your position, before you get to the point where you're just going to jump in with the great resignation, or before you get to the point where you're going to quiet quit and just stop doing the job that somebody else is thinking you're going to do and just, you know, kind of work your company into the ground, you know, sit down and think what's important to me, what makes me fulfilled and motivated, and in what ways am I working more than my compensation and have a conversation with the appropriate person. Now, is that scary? If there's not an open um, communication already established, of course it is. But what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Well, you might get fired. But if you keep going down this path, you're probably going to quit or you're going to stay there and be incredibly unhappy. And so if you begin to open the door, open the conversation and just be honest and transparent I think that everyone will be better and maybe you can completely begin to change your company culture just by having, just by having having those hard conversations. Yeah. I mean, mean, you, you could be the one as the employee actually change the entire culture by just having the conversation because culture is a, is really changed by conversation. It's Mm -hmm. a huge part of how culture is created is by conversation. And it's a huge part of how it's changed is by conversation. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's so a lot of, a lot of people have been using the podcast in a couple of different ways. And one way that you could use it, this one is, this is a great podcast to share with your team. Yeah. You know, just hit share and share it along with your team and, and then use it as a conversation starter. Right. We, we brought up a lot of great questions, a lot of great ideas. And, you know, a lot of times like having a third party, like the podcast, yeah. you know, into the conversation kind of like just opens the door for us to have a dialogue about this idea. So share, share it with your team. And, and you know what? And that's exactly what Dennis and I do. There are certain podcasts that he and I listen to. I'll listen to a podcast and I'll share it with Dennis and I'll say, I'd like you to listen to it and then let's talk about it. Because it brings up some different points that that are um, that are just I have a perception, he has a perception, and let's see let's see where our perceptions meet. And so doing that is actually a pretty effective way to open the door for because you've created a foundational idea that you can discuss, and then you can go through and and kind of give your thoughts, your ideas, and your feelings. Um, and your hindrances on, on what's going on, how you, how you, how you relate to those topics. So listen, no more quiet quitting. Let's, let's fix this challenge. Okay. This is, this is a great challenge and we just need to get creative and come up with solutions so that people feel more engaged. We have better conversations and, you know, people really have a better work-life balance and really have a fulfilled life. And we really transform people's lives. Because ultimately that's what we want, no matter what position you are in your company or in your family or your organization is everybody really wants to feel valued 
and and feel like they're making a difference. Awesome. Lisa, this has been fun. We'll see you next time on the Drama Free Living Podcast.